I'm going to tell a, a quick story. Um, there was a guy once uh, who, who, was, who was really under the weather. He was, he was getting sick and it seemed to be getting sicker and sicker and just was not having any of the energy that he used to have. Uh, he, he had a wife and he had kind of a, she was a harsh and kind of overbearing wife. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Why, why, why can't you get anything done around the house? He said, I'm just, I'm feeling really terrible. I think I need to go to the doctor. And she said, okay, get in the car. I'll take you to the doctor. So he, um, he, get, he uh, kind of uh, stumbles to the car, and she, she gets in the driver's seat and drives him to his doctor. And they go to the doctor, and the doctor brings him in. He runs some tests, and um, he talks to the husband, he talks to the wife, and then, then says, says to the wife after the tests have been run, I, I need to talk to you about your husband. and It's not good. And so the, the, it's just the wife with the doctor, and the doctor says, listen, he's, he's gravely ill. And some things need to change. Um, I think that we we can give him some medicine. We can we can try some medications and see see if he improves. But things around your house need to completely change. And she said, "Well, what needs to change? What am I supposed to do to help him?" And he said, "Well, after we get him some medication and some medicine, um, he's stressed out. He's totally stressed out. And and um, you're going to need to cook him meals every night." In fact, I think you're going to need to give him a back rub every night. You're going to maybe even need to massage his feet. She looked at the doctor. She got up. She walked out of the room to her husband. And she said, you're going to die. Do you get it? I got to have one of those every sermon. So some of us don't like this idea of service. This idea of serving each other. But in fact, um, it's so key to who we are as the people of Jesus that, that we be a people of service. And we're going to talk a little bit about service today because we're in a sermon series called Building Bridges. Now, the last couple of weeks we've talked about this in a couple different aspects of life. The first week we talked about in our everyday. So in our jobs, how can we build bridges and when I say build bridges, I mean not just build bridges between you and another person, but between another person and Christ, which that's an amazing bridge to be able to build and a gift to share. And then last week, Pastor Sheila was preaching in here, and she talked about building bridges in our relationships. Today, we want to talk about building bridges in service. And believe it or not, this can be a powerful tool that we can use to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with this world. Now... Uh, Jesus embodied servant leadership like no one else. In fact, it's, it's really strange. His leadership style revolutionized the way that we view humility and service in so many ways. Um, there was an interesting thing that was happening uh, around Jesus. His disciples once uh, came up to Jesus and asked him, which one of us is going to be the greatest? Which one of us is the greatest disciple? In fact, they were trying to find out who was going to have the highest place in heaven. Okay, so they came to him and, and asked him this. And he had a, a, a really interesting answer. And he said, the last will be first and the first will be last. This, understand, we hear these words now, and, but try to put yourself in that day and time. In that day and time, what gave you clout, what made you an important person was your possessions. What made you an important person was how much money you had, how much land you owned, sometimes how many people you owned, 
Okay, these are the things that gave you power and gave you authority in that time and place. And what Jesus was trying to put across to the disciples was a totally different way of viewing your importance in the world, which was that the last will be first and the first will be last. This was a mind-blowing revelation to them, and I'm sure that they didn't get it when he first said it. And so he was constantly trying to explain this in different ways. Um, he actually lived it out in a really powerful way once when they were having a meal together. Now, it was customary in that time that when you, sat, when you entered a house, uh, especially if this was a house of somebody who had some means, someone who had um, uh, some money and some, some, some power, that person would have a bowl and as you would enter their house, think about the fact that they didn't, have, um, they didn't have Nike back then. They didn't have Reebok. So when you were walking around, uh, at best you may have sandals on, sometimes not even that, and you were walking through a lot of stuff. Okay, You were walking through dirt and much worse stuff than dirt. So this is the kind of stuff you would walk into somebody's house, and believe it or not, they would not wash your feet. That person would not wash your feet. They would have a servant who was charged with washing your feet. This was what would commonly happen when you entered a house. So Jesus is um, with his disciples, and they are going to share a meal together. And something very strange happens, especially if you think of the fact that Jesus was the leader of this group. Jesus was the one that was preaching. He was the one that was teaching, doing miracles, and gathering thousands of people everywhere he went. Jesus was the guy. Well, in this meal... Jesus does the unthinkable for this place and this time. He actually gets water, gets a towel, and starts to wash the disciples' feet. And they flip out. They flip out. Because Jesus is not supposed to be the one who washes their feet. In fact, one of his disciples rebukes Jesus. Probably not a good idea. He rebukes Jesus and he tells him, no, I must wash your feet. And, and Jesus says, basically puts him in his place and says, sit down and let me show you how this is done. And he washes all the disciples' feet. And I want to read this, uh, this scripture from John chapter 13. And I'm going to start in verse 12. It says this, then he said, do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to an employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life life. Now, this is a fascinating thing. Notice the last thing he says is, live a blessed life. Does it seem to you like a blessed life to be walking around and washing other people's feet? Have you seen some people's feet? If you saw my feet, that might not sound too much like a blessed life. But this is a really fascinating thing to understand about what Jesus calls us to. And I, I want to make this very clear, that serving is not something you do. A servant is something you are. Serving is not something you do. A servant is who 
you are. If we're to be followers of Jesus Christ, it's not just like occasionally we think about doing something altruistic for the community around us. It means that we live our lives as servants. There's a really interesting scripture in Matthew where Jesus says this straight out in Matthew 20, verse 28. He says this, just as the Son of Man, he always refers to himself as the Son of Man. Jesus says, I'm the Son of Man. So he says, just as I, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This kind of gets down to one of the fascinating things about the entire gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's our King. But what was his means of salvation? How are, this is not a rhetorical question. Can somebody ask, how are we saved? Somebody can say it louder. Confession of Christ. Now, Jesus did something to save us. Do you, do you remember what he did? He died on the cross. Think about this. If you were watching an, a, a movie, and we, we've all seen Braveheart, right? Anybody seen Braveheart? Now I'm, now I'm old. I know. This is, this is 20 years later. But it, it's, it's, it's strange. That movie struck me that the hero dies at the end. Most movies, if you're seeing an action movie, the hero always lives. The hero always conquers. Jesus Christ did the unthinkable when he came to earth. For one, he lived, although he was a king, he lived the life of a servant. And then to win, what did he do? He died. He died to win. That seems unthinkable, and it changes our whole perspective on what winning looks like. And this should also change our perspective of what being a success looks like because serving is not something you do. A servant is something that you are. Now, we're going to have um, an opportunity for us to try to live this out. Now, I also, I hesitate to make this just about an event because, like I said, it's not something we do occasionally. We, we at Salem, we do believe in service deeply. Now, I want to make sure that we all understand why we believe in service. It's not because serving other people feels good to us, although it does. It's not because serving looks good to the outside world, even though it does. It's because it's who we are. It's because of who Jesus was, and Jesus loved us so deeply that he said, this is the blessed life to give it up for someone else. So serving is not something we do. Servant is someone we are. Now, on September 30th, we get together every, uh, every year. Sometimes we've done a couple in a year, and, and hopefully we'll be moving on to doing this more and more often as a church. But we are getting together on Saturday morning, September 30th, to serve the community. Now, we go all over. We go to a lot of different places and serve in a lot of different capacities. Believe me, you don't have to have any special skills. I have zero skills whatsoever, but I, I'm part of this. And uh, so if you can do a lot of different things, we, we, we get together and so, some of us uh, make a meal for some folks and we serve people in that way. Some of us do do building projects and fix things, um, but we go all over the city and everybody of all ages is invited to be a part of this. Now, um, if you want to raise kids 
who are passionate and love God. You want to raise children who are different than the culture around them, I think two things are really necessary. For one, they have to see a passion and a love of God on the inside of you as the parent because they are looking to you. Also, get them to start early by serving people, by understanding that really, really, it is the blessed life to serve other people. If not, if, if you don't do that, if you don't start early with your children, making them understand that serving is better, you are going to, believe me, have unhappy children. Because the unhappiest people are spending their entire life trying to make themselves happy by accumulating more, by getting more, and they're always unhappy. It is very, very key that Jesus says that living the blessed life is being a servant. Living the blessed life is pouring your life out for other people. You will make your children happier than you could ever imagine by implanting that in them early on in life, that living a life of giving and service is what will truly make them happy. It's what will truly give them a, 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 a sense of purpose in their life. Not just because giving and service is an end to itself, but because Jesus Christ loved us so much that he died for us. He gave his life up for us so that we could give our lives for others. Now I'm going to invite the band back up to the stage, and we're going to worship together and, and close, but I would really invite you to consider being part of our serve day this year on September 30th. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Bring your neighbors. A lot of people Will not. Uh, I was at, at, at the Connection Church last week, and, and Pastor Katrina shared some interesting statistics about being invitational with people in your life. What was fascinating to me was that uh, if you ask uh, a friend of yours who does not attend church, 25% of people will say yes if you invite them to a church service. Now, that's, that's little, but I mean, that's about one in four, right, will, will come then. 85% of people who do not attend church will attend a service project. 85% of people who don't attend church, they may turn you down if you ask them to come to church, to come to a worship service, but almost everybody says yes to being part of a service event. And believe me, when they can spend time around the people of God, it can be transformative. It can help them to enter into the gates of his goodness. So I want you to really consider being a part of our serve day and inviting somebody to be a part of it with us. If you would, let's pray together and then let's worship again. Lord, we love you and we thank you for, for living a life that showed us what a blessed life looks like, that it's laying it down for others. So, Lord God, I pray that you would continue to transform our hearts to be servants, to be people who are called according to your purpose. And living lives that show your amazing love to a world that desperately needs it.